Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying day for the 2023 Singapore Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Red Bull Racing finally meets its match. It's the Marina Bay Street Circuit. The racetrack with form upsetting dominant cars of the past has done it again, with Max Verstappen a shocking 11th and Sergio Perez 13th. The team has many theories as to why the car was so uncharacteristically slow in qualifying, but none alone is definitive. What is certain is that around a street track like this, overtaking is very difficult and maintaining the victory streak will be almost impossible. Will we get our first non-Red Bull winner today? Paul Getter Carlos Sainz, George Russell and Charles Leclerc all want to become that driver in what's shaping up to be a fascinating battle at the front to play keepings off Verstappen. To unpack a dramatic day in Singapore, let's hear now from your host in the paddock, it's Julianne Serasoli. It was a hell of a day for Red Bull in Singapore this Saturday, wasn't it? Basically, the only thing that worked for them were the three non-penalties for Max Verstappen for impeding Sargent, impeding Tisnoder, and then waiting for 14 seconds on the pit exit to make room for a clear outlap. And I'll go back to that later. The car looked super hard to drive and they tried a bit of everything since things started to look a bit off yesterday. I could see very early tension, especially in Max's side of the garage, even before FP3. Chief Engineer Paul Monaghan was lying on the floor, checking his watch every two minutes with 10 minutes uh, for the start of the session, helping the mechanics to finalize the floor installation in what looked like a late decision to put both cars on the old floor. Because that was one of the things that Red Bull tried to do to understand what was so wrong with the car. They thought that the setup that came from the simulator, and let's remember the cars nowadays use 95% of the setup that the simulation tools give to them, and Red Bull's simulation tools are quite accurate. And they thought that that was wrong, and that was the problem with the car. So they changed everything. They first they changed the floor and they, then they changed the setup. They ran the car lower in qualifying and that made things even worse. Max was saying that the floor was hitting the ground in the braking zones. And of course that gives drivers no confidence at all. And he also mentioned he feels no support into the corners. And it's not only that, Sergio Perez explained that they simply cannot attack the curbs the same way they see Ferrari doing this weekend. Red Bull's dominance this year has had a lot to do with ground clearance and how low they can run without any issues. But that's 
everything but what we've seen so far this weekend. The big question, of course, is why? We've seen Mercedes struggling in Singapore when they were very dominant. You can go back to 2015, I think, as the most striking example of that. Of course, Mercedes cars back then and Red Bull cars now are completely different. But maybe the lesson is that something that is good for Singapore might not be good anywhere else in the season. Or it's the technical directive that is valid from this Grand Prix onwards and that tries to stop teams being clever with flexing and twisting wings and noses. Uh, it's simply not possible to claim that is the TD at the moment. Singapore is not a normal circuit by any means, of course I mentioned that already, and we also don't know, because teams do not have to publish this, what is the extent of the changes Red Bull had to make to comply with this TD. We don't know how much they changed in the car, so we cannot say it's because of the TD. But we do know, because Ferrari are pretty happy to say that to us, that the red team did not have to change anything. And they were the team to beat from the stars this weekend. The car was behaving well, was quick, and that helped drivers to have confidence to push in qualifying. They actually thought that they were going to lose this advantage in qualifying because of track evolution, uh, they thought maybe our car is better with lower grip, but that's not what we're seeing. They are first and second on the grid. The situation is such that it's hard to bet that Red Bull can turn things around and win the race. Yes, this reckless car behavior tends to improve during the race, especially because the drivers do not push to the limit all the time during the race, so the car tends to calm down. And it's also true that the Friday pace was good for Rebel, but Verstappen starting 11th and Perez starting 13th, they don't have a good straight line speed, the car is loaded with downforce, and they might not have the low tire lag that they've, they've had in other races with a not so well balanced car. So it's a different scenario from when Max started in 15th and finished second in Saudi, or when he started in 9th position and won in Miami. Yes, it looks likely Red Bull will finally lose a race this year. But to whom? The two drivers who share the front row are driving very well at the moment. And it's not a coincidence. In Singapore, confidence is very important. Carlos Sainz is much more at ease with his Ferrari at the moment. His season has been getting stronger and stronger, while Charles Leclerc said the car has sort of drifted away from him a little bit. He mentioned he's lacking mid-corner stability, which means he has to apply too much power to try to correct that, and that upsets the rear of the car. Beside, Sainz would be George Russell, who said he's in the form of his life lately, or at least since we came back from the August break. I don't know if you've seen this, but Sky UK did a feature with George and Lando Norris watching each other's replays of nearly touching the wall, and then Lando was complimenting George a lot, especially when they were talking about that save that he managed to do during free practice on Friday. 
You never know with Lando if he's being serious or ironic, but this time it did seem that he was enjoying watching George driving. So can George win this race on Sunday? A race with more tired egg would be better for him for two reasons. First, Mercedes have a better pace and Mercedes has less egg. And second, they save two sets of medium tires, so hoping for a two-stop race. Of course, Russell can make his life a lot easier by stealing the lead in the first meters. The first three corners here in Singapore sometimes are a bit elbows out kind of corners, but assuming he doesn't, that gives an important advantage for Carlos, because then Carlos can control the pace and make sure it's a one-stop race. Of course, that depends on overtaking being as hard as they've always been in the past. Let's remember that there are changes at the track uh, with a bigger straight this year, but drivers are saying that they don't think it will make such a, a big difference for the race. So what Carlos can do, and this has been done in Singapore in the past, he can pick a slower pace, with, which would make the pack more compact, and it would make it harder for Russell to try something different without ending up in traffic. And also Ferrari can play by having two cars against one. So it's a, an interesting race, although Singapore is usually a slow burner. I don't see it being action from start to finish, but I'm sure Verstappen will be settling for, I don't know, sixth, fifth position or whatever. And we'll see a battle in the front with two very clever drivers. We did have a big shunt during quali, with Lance Stroll admitting being frustrated with the lack of grip from his Aston Martin, trying a bit too hard and put it in on the wall. He took a while to come and see us in the media interview pen, but he passed through a medical check before and was walking with a protection on his knee, but he said everything is fine, there's nothing to worry about. So we have Carlos starting from pole. By the way, now he has more poles for Ferrari than Fernando Alonso. A stat that surprised me, even though Ferrari was stronger in the races in Fernando's time there, with Russell second, followed by Norris, who said it was a strange quality for them in terms of track evolution, difficult to read, which is something also mentioned by Fernando Alonso. Lewis Hamilton, who said Mercedes deserved to be in the front row with both cars and he just couldn't extract everything from the car, as we've seen with Russell, Magnussen, Alonso, Ocon, Hülkenberg, and Liam Lawson, who knocked Verstappen out of Q3 in his first appearance in Singapore. Hats off for Liam once again, who came to the interviews with a bag of ice tied with some cloths around his back. A little bit difficult to explain, but it looked very simple compared to those ice tops that the other drivers use. And he was frustrated for not understanding the track evolution, so another one, and he thought he could have qualified even higher. One last thing for me today, I imagine some of you might be wondering how Verstappen escaped from all the investigations against him. Well, the sergeant won, he was overtaken on both sides and felt it was safer to keep his line. And I think that one was more okay. With Sonoda, he said he was complaining about the car balance on the radio and that's why he didn't get informed about Yuki. But the FIA says AlphaTauri didn't even send someone to fight for Yuki's case and they didn't understand Max 
gain any advantage by stopping at the end of the pit lane. That decision, by the way the verdict is written, gave me a feeling that Jonathan Whitley used his amazing knowledge of the rules and his convincing skills to help Max. Whitley is Red Bull's sporting director, has been for a number of years, and I always hear in the paddock that he is abs the absolutely best at his job. So if you need someone to save you from going to jail, Jonathan Whitley would be that guy. But he can't save rebels, aero and mechanical issues this weekend. The door is open and who will take the opportunity? Well, it will be an interesting race for sure. And I will come back tomorrow to tell you how it happened and how we've seen it from the paddock in Singapore. See ya! Thanks very much to Julianne, who's down in the Marina Bay paddock bringing us all the action this weekend. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Singapore Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Julianne on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report. Your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.